So Joe Biden, Joe Biden and student loans. Uh, do we think that Biden is going to forgive student loan debt or is that just a big fantasy? So uh, we're going to talk about that today on the Black Financial Channel. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that we are black first. Black first means that we believe in putting our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means that we take care of our children and educate them. Black first means that we don't need white folks to teach us critical race theory because we know how to teach ourselves about race. We don't need white folks to teach us how to manage money because we know how to do that, too. So if you believe that black people can do anything and that we can do anything for ourselves, uh, put a B1 in the chat, hashtag B1. All right, guys, so let me hop in and uh, talk about student loans. How many of you, give me a yes or no, yes or no in the chat. How many of you have student loan debt? Um, if you've been hit by this student loan debt crisis, uh, give me a yes or no in the chat. I want to see how many student loan debt prisoners we have uh, because that's that really is what it, it is, a prison. Um, and what I'm going to do is actually pull up some student loan statistics so you guys can kind of know just what's going on in terms of the depth of the student loan crisis. Um, so they said uh, each year, this is according to collegeaffordability.urban.org, 30 to 40 percent of all undergraduate students take federal student loans. Seventy percent of students who receive a bachelor's degree have education debt by the time they graduate. Uh, let's see. The number of students with debt over one hundred thousand dollars is three point two million. What the hell, man? What the hell? So 3.2 million of you have over $100,000 in debt. How many of you, how many of y'all in the $100,000 club? Anybody in the $100,000 club? You know how the rappers throw up their watches and and and, and their, their chains and say their chain costs 100 grand. How many of y'all, uh, Scott says 82. Put your number up. Everybody, should have a, everybody has a number. If your number is zero, put the number zero up. What is your student loan number? Let's see. I'm in the $100,000 club. Let's see, I just owe 300 and I paid down on that $300 or $300,000. I hope it's $300. Uh, let me see. Uh, throw up your number. What, what's your student loan number? How many of you, uh, okay, over over 150, I see. I see 17K for Priscilla. Ann says 11K. Uh, Elizabeth says zero. Clap for Elizabeth. Natanya, Natoya says zero. Uh, I see some zeros, 50-something for Mavish Triple. Jennifer says 40K. Candace Jackson says 38K. D. Freeman says zero. Richard Roberson says, says 8,300. Conflicted, 87, says 40K. Lextergram has 14K. Monique says it was 130,000. Now it's 29,000. So I'm, I'm going to move forward and say let's clap for Monique because that that is – I'm impressed. My goddaughter's name Monique, so I like that name. But uh, good, good for you, Monique. I'm clapping. This is my slow clap. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. I think that's really – extraordinary shows a lot of discipline all right so let's hop into this let's talk about student loan debt and just what kind of a you know just a shitty shit show it's become in terms of of what it's done to this country and uh so basically over 3.2 million borrowers owe over a hundred thousand dollars uh let's see the percentage of all student loan debt paid by those who owe over a hundred thousand is 37 percent so the average student uh, who owes over 100k only pays 37 percent of the debt uh some other statistics 65 percent uh, of college graduates graduate with student loan debt. In 2020, private student loan debt increased by $16.8 billion, or 14%. Uh, 15% of all American adults report they have outstanding undergraduate student debt. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to keep going. 
Um, so, so, so with these stats, basically what you're dealing with is you're dealing with about 1.75 trillion with a t- that's t- 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 a trillion dollars in student loan debt that this country owes. Um, 1.75 trillion is a lot of money. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna go to the world debt clock because I want to see how that number stands. Um, let me see. World, what's it? Is it the world debt clock? I think that's what it is. This is I think that's what it is. World debt clock. USdebtclock.org. So let me see if I can compare that number to some other numbers. So remember, 1.75 trillion is the student loan debt number. The national debt for the whole United States is about 30 trillion dollars, which is just absolutely freaking sick. Our debt, our national debt is three times higher than China. China owes 10.5 trillion. We owe 30 trillion. Their GDP is 17 trillion. Ours is 23 trillion. So to put it in a context, um, imagine you got a friend and your friend makes 17, 17 grand a year. You make 23 grand a year. They've got 10 grand in debt. You've got 30 grand in debt. So the amount of debt we owe is disproportionate to where our GDP stands relative to China. Japan has uh, an even lower GDP than the U.S. They have a $5 trillion GDP, uh, and uh, their debt is about $14.8 trillion. So Japan owes a lot of money, too. It's kind of fascinating because the Japanese, as consumers, are actually pretty good with, with, with debt um, individually. But their public debt to GDP ratio is 284%. Uh, the United States, our GDP to debt ratio is 99.8%. Uh, and so ultimately, you know, we're, we're just in, we're just in trouble. Like the student loan, the student loan debt crisis is going to be the next big economic crisis for this country. Like mark my words, this is going to be the big kahuna that's going to kick kick the economy's ass. And uh, and so when Biden is going out talking about forgiveness of student loan debt, when he's talking about forgiving student loan debt. There's a part of me that kind of laughs, like deep down in my belly, the part that you can't even see. I kind of chuckle because I'm a financial guy. Like this is what I know, understand. And I'm sitting here laughing because I'm like, that's I don't even know how you're going to do that. I don't even know. How, I don't I have no idea how you're going to pull it off. I mean, again, miracles are possible. Praise be to Allah and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so but but I just don't see. How in the world Biden is going to pull off any significant amount of student loan debt reduction that actually impacts the bottom line for most people in this country? First of all, the average student owes $37,000. So they're not even talking about numbers above 10 grand. They're not even talking. They, they started talking about 50 grand. That's a pipe dream. That's like an Elizabeth Warren type number or Bernie Sanders number. Well, yo, uh, and and that, that that's a pipe dream. Then they're talking about 10. I even think 10 is a pipe dream. You know, I, I just don't I don't know how that's going to happen. I, I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, my Lord, we do lots of other stupid things with our government that they, they're working overtime to destroy the country economically. Like they're doing everything in their power to make sure that your grandkids, your great your grandkids are guaranteed at least um, two things. Well, three things. They're, your grandkids are guaranteed at least three things. One, they're guaranteed more gayness in society because everybody wants to be gay now, apparently. I guess that's like the thing. Um, number two, they're guaranteed to have a terrible environment because we're going to destroy the environment and we're going to have to all get on Elon Musk's rocket ship and go to Mars. And three, they're guaranteed to literally be financially screwed so bad that literally they will feel like they have been assaulted by an elephant. They will literally feel like an elephant snuck in the bed and, and, and got busy with them because that's how bad the country is going to be 
uh, economically to the point where basic assumptions like, I don't know, like the U.S. dollar actually has real economic value. Those assumptions are going to go out the window. That's simply not going to be true in 60, 70, 80 years. So here's the deal. Here's where I, I kind of laugh when Biden talks about student loan forgiveness. I understand he's dangling it. He's dangling it because he needs to kind of dangle it because they're trying to figure out how to get reelected. The Democrats know they're in trouble. They know that a lot of people are just sick of the nonsense. That a lot of black folks ain't showing up to the polls. A lot of black folks sitting around mad because, you know, you gave all this money to the Ukrainians but didn't do nothing for black folks. Like, like a lot of black people are feeling some kind of ways. And, you know, we're the mule. We're the donkey that everybody rides to victory. But, you know, they make money from us. They get votes from us. They get power from us. We support everything except ourselves uh, collectively, not y'all. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about them. I'm talking about everybody else. So they're going to dangle it. They're going to talk about it. But a couple of the reasons why I don't see how Biden is really going to make a dent in any of this issue is because, number one, y'all don't know this. A lot of people don't know that actually Joe Biden. See, some of y'all act like Joe Biden was born in 2015. Like he was suddenly like he was a newborn baby, like he was in elementary school in 2012 or something. And he, he was just born. Some of y'all don't even Google his history. You don't understand the history. You don't, you, y'all don't know nothing about the old racist Joe Biden who locked up all the black men back in the 1990s. Some of y'all may not may have been born in the 90s or after the 90s. Uh, a lot of y'all don't know also the Joe Biden from Delaware who had many, many banks incorporated in Delaware who asked him in Delaware as a senator to push forward legislation so that you cannot declare bankruptcy on your student loans. If it were not for Joe Biden, you could just go to a lawyer and just declare bankruptcy. If you're sitting under a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand in debt, and you're making forty grand a year or something, you know you could just go declare bankruptcy and it's gone. They can wipe it away. Joe Biden is the reason that that law got changed. Do y'all know that? How many of y'all knew that? Give me a yes or no. How many of y'all knew that? So Biden has never been, just like he's never been a friend to black people, he's never been a friend to the black family. He's also never been a friend to the student who's sitting on a whole lot of debt. He, he ain't your buddy. You know, he, he's not Uncle Joe. You don't, he's the, if he is an uncle, he's the uncle that touched you when you were sleeping that night. He, he ain't the uncle that you, that you love. He's not the uncle that you think he is. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is this country cannot afford to forgive all these student loans unless somebody else pays the tab. I'm really always curious. It reminds me of when, see, our politicians, they live in a fantasy world where they think they can pay for stuff where no one actually pays for it. You know, like they can add money to something without taking money away from something else. Like if you say, do you want the chicken or do you want the, the fish? They don't say we want the chicken or the fish. They say we want the chicken and the fish. They, they want to have their cake and eat it too. So what they what they do is they come up with these weird proposals where they're like, we're going to put $10 trillion into this. And then, we're, oh, where, where are you going to get the money from? Oh, we're going to get it over here over the next 10 years. So what they'll do is this weird game where they'll spend a trillion dollars this year and promise you that they're going to pay it back from something they're going to take away from over the next decade. And then they never actually follow through. Almost like your cousin who says, Give me $5,000 now and I'll pay you $8,000 over the next decade. But then the first payment never even arrives because that's that's the next decade. So the, so basically they don't I don't see where they're going to get the money. 
1.75 trillion is a massive debt. When you owe a debt, that means you're paying somebody back. And so the somebody that's waiting on the other side of that is saying, where's my money? Bitch better have my money. Like they're waiting for that check. So that, so ultimately at the end of the day, if you don't, um, if you don't make somebody pay the tab, then the tab isn't really going to get paid. So, so I don't know. They're, they're not going to take the money away from the banks. They're not going to take the money away from the universities. The universities are the ones that are getting rich by putting you so deep in debt. They're not going to make them pay. They're, they're going to basically try to do something where your some of your debt is forgiven, but nobody pays the cost. Well, somebody's always got to pay the cost. In economics, there's a term called there's no such thing as a free lunch. That means that somebody always pays the tab. And so, so ultimately... Um, so, so let me, let me keep going. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And our troll of the day is Mr. Rodney Rainey, who says Boyce Watkins is a joke and a Republican stooge. Well, uh, Rodney obviously is, is a, just an idiot. So, uh, Rodney, you don't need to be here. Being here is a privilege and not a right. So everybody say goodbye to Rodney because Rodney's clearly not an intelligent black person because he can't see the nuances of blackness. Uh, I hate black people who put black people in a box and say either you're a Democrat or a Republican. That's like saying either you a crip or a blood or you're either you a murderer or a rapist. Like nobody more. <laughs> stop putting me in a damn box. Goodbye, Rodney. You ain't even, you no, you, just, just goodbye, man. That, that, that just burns me up. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I can forgive stupid people for being stupid. I, I, but today is not the day for me. I'm not, I'm not in a forgiving mood. So I'm not going to forgive you for being a dummy. All right. So anyway, let me keep going. Let me keep going. All right. So, so, so ultimately, I really hope that Biden forgives student loans. I think that this would be, this is the rallying point that everybody agrees on. There is no um, group of people large enough in this country, in my view, that would stand up and vehemently fight against the forgiveness of student loans. So pay attention now. But what, so, so the question becomes, if, if the majority of the country believes that student loans should be forgiven at some significant level, well, why aren't your elected officials doing it? This is basic. I'm going to do some basic two plus two right here, right quick, so we can really understand this. Think about this. Your politicians have what is called a fiduciary responsibility to represent your interest. Fiduciary responsibility is almost like a corporate board or a lawyer or a real estate agent. They're supposed to represent your interest. That means that if you want something, they're supposed to give you what you want. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so if I ask y'all, how many of you, give me a yes or no, give me a yes in the chat. How many of y'all think it would be good to forgive, let's say 30,000 in student loan debt? Give me a yes in the chat. If you think, if we if we were to forgive 30,000 student loans, you would think that's a good thing. Give me a yes in the chat if you agree with that. I, and, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to see a whole bunch of yeses scrolling up the screen because, and I'm going to see very few no's. Very few of you would have a problem with student loan forgiveness, even those of you who don't have any student loans. You don't care. You don't care. So 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 ask yourself this question. This is about how the, the game of politics works, how the hustle of politics is played. If if they represent your interests and the majority of you want to forgive student loans, then that's a no-brainer. They could easily rack up a ton of votes by saying, okay, y'all, student loans are forgiven. But they're not doing it. This goes back to a concept in astrophysics that they call dark energy. I'm not going to get too deep here. I promise you. I'm going to make sure everybody understands. Even your kids will understand this analogy when I'm done. Does anybody ever heard of dark energy in the solar system? Does anybody know about dark energy? 
Well, dark energy is basically where they said we are picking up energy, an energy force in the in the solar system that nobody can see. That literally, believe it or not, they said 98% of the energy in the universe is completely undetectable by any instruments that they have. They know it's there. They see the effects of it, but they don't know how to measure it. They can't find it. 98%. So so what's going on is you got this massive force that is moving things, that's shaping stars, that's causing gravity, that's causing supernovas, all this, black holes, all this, and they can't detect it because it's dark, hidden energy, but it's changing everything. Your politics are the same way. Think about this. You've got this massive force within politics that is blocking the forgiveness of student loans. You got it. It ain't. It, it's not you. The American people aren't the ones who are saying, oh, we, we demand that you never forgive student loans. Like we, we want the student loans. Like you're not doing it. Well, the, the politicians claim to be representing your interests. So who's on the other side of the transaction? Where's the dark energy on the other side? Or maybe a better term to use, to use might be dark money. Where is it? Because y'all know me. I follow the money. I'm a money expert. Where is the dark money coming from that is blocking the forgiveness of student loans, that is blocking the will of the majority of the American people? Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's probably coming from corporations who have lobbyists. Thank you for that term. Lobbyists of corporations where they're quietly saying, you know who you work for, right? You know who you really work for. You can go out. We'll give you money to go collect Negroes and get them to vote. You can go talk to people like Roland Martin and Al Sharpton, and they'll they'll get you. And Angela Angela Ryan, like they'll they'll go get you some Negro votes. But you you know you really don't work for them, right? You work for the people that give you the money to get reelected, and that those are those corporations. That's that dark energy in American politics. The the hidden hand, the force that everybody feels but nobody can quite put their finger on it. Nobody knows exactly who it is that's blocking student loan forgiveness, but they know somebody must be blocking it because it ain't getting done. Do y'all follow what I'm saying? So if I ever sound like a skeptical bastard when it comes to these raggedy ass politicians, this is why. It's I can't make myself stupid enough to believe that these people are representing our interests. Because I don't talk to them, I talk to y'all. I get calls from politicians. I used to get calls from the Obama White House. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to carry water from the president's office to the people. I'm here to carry water from the people to the president's office. That's the only water I'm gonna carry. And this is what people want. I took a poll. 88% of all black people feel that you should forgive student loans. So, so I'm bringing this to you. I'm not bringing a mandate from the top down. I think the mandates need to go from the bottom up because you're supposed to have a government that represents the will of the people. And, and you don't have that. And this is an, a perfect example of why. So if you want to know my two cents, I think when Biden talks about student loans, he's just he's just tickling your butt crack. He's just whispering sweet nothings in your ear, telling you that you're pretty, telling you that black lives matter. He's he's, he's, he's blowing on your neck, giving you kisses on the cheek, promising you a life of happiness. And he's doing all this because that's what they have to do to get you to vote in the next election. And the saddest part of all of this 
is that it's probably going to work. <laughs> it's going to work because most people don't really want to think critically. Most people don't want to be smart. You know, I think it's okay to be smart. I want to be smart, but there are people that don't really want to process things. And, and at the end of the day, this is the game that's played and they play the game because they know that it works because they don't look at what you say you want. They look at what you actually do. They don't look at what you say you're going to do. They look at what you actually did. Right. So, um, so anyway, as I move on to the next piece real quick, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Just a reminder, Alicia and I are doing a, an adults only event in Chicago, a, uh, a, a finance and money, romance and finance kind of event. Uh, Cause you know, she's a relationship therapist and I'm a financial guy. So we decided to do something in Chicago in the venue at the South Shore Cultural Center where the Obamas got married. Actually, we were going to get married in the same place, but we decided to move our wedding out of Chicago to go down to Texas because it was during COVID season and and Chicago was iffy about COVID. So we just went south and got it done. But uh, we we realized we had put down this massive deposit on this big space. And we said, well, let's just use it. Let's have an event. Let's invite our people in. So if you want to join us, the event's May 15th. If you want to come into town or if you live in the Chicago area or Illinois or somewhere in a bordering state, or if you want to fly in to Chicago, it's a great city, uh, feel free to go to voicewalkins.com, click on the link for events, and uh, and you can actually find the event and you can join us for the event in Chicago on May 15th. All right. So uh, with that said, let me, let me, let me kind of conclude a couple things. Number one, your stocks got hammered this month because this is this is just a crappy time right now as an investor. Right now, you're dealing with what I would refer to as an economic hangover. It's an economic hangover because the the, the party was wild. There was plenty of you know plenty of liquor and, and crack being passed out and 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 all kinds of stuff. People dancing from the chandeliers for about two years. You had two a two year window. To go in and rob the piggy bank. The stock market was giving money out for about two years. Now you're getting to a point where the chickens are coming home to roost. The Fed is having to slow things down. Uh, you have a lot of economic uncertainty around the world. And you're going to probably have a dark period for certain stocks and in certain industries and in certain sectors. Now, uh, as Jim Cramer likes to say, there's always a bull market somewhere. And I do agree with that. So there are sectors that are going to do extremely well over time. But now it's time to become a real investor. Now it's time to transform into someone that doesn't expect your stock to double in two weeks. It might take three years, four years, five years, eight years for that to happen. Also, if you go into a bear market right now, the average bear market lasts for about 14 months. When we went into the last bear market at the start of the pandemic, I also said the average bear market lasts 14 months. I thought it would take 14 months to get out of the market that we had right after the pandemic. But because they responded so quickly to put out the economic fire, it didn't take 14 months. It took about 14 days. And in those 14 days, if you were a heavy investor, you got paid big time. You made a ton of money in 2020. You made a ton of money in 2021. Now in 2022, things are slowing down. The good news with the economy is that 80% of all companies that reported earnings this week reported above the expectation. That's awesome. That means that your companies are humming. They're making bread. They're doing good. Apple killed it. 
Uh, Microsoft is killing it. Uh, Facebook even killed it. Amazon didn't meet their numbers, which is leading some to wonder if we could be ha having some economic challenges, particularly with some of the stuff going on in China right now, where they're trying to maintain this illusion of a zero COVID policy, which is about as realistic as believing in Santa Claus. Uh, but they're sticking to their guns and it's going to cost them dearly. It may cost them not just economically, but it may cost them in terms of leadership stability. So my hope is that China will come to its senses and realize that you're never going to have a city as big as Shanghai with 25 million people, three times bigger than New York City, where ain't nobody got COVID. I mean, I swear it was crazy to me. China and China's a big factor. They're a big player right now. They're impacting the whole global economy because they're shutting factories down. And they're locking people down in Shanghai. Have y'all have y'all? I mean, y'all have an idea how massive Shanghai is? I think New York has eight million people in it. Shanghai is three times bigger than New York. So you're locking down a city three times bigger than New York. It's one of my favorite cities, by the way. It's a beautiful place. And and and, and you're doing this, and, and they showed the COVID numbers, and I swear to God, it was something crazy ridiculous. It was like they had 143 COVID cases. Or something, or or maybe it's 140, let's say 100 and something deaths in a week. And the average age of the person that died was like 75 years old. And they shut down the whole city because of that. That's crazy to me. That's very weird. So I think China's going to come to a census. When that does happen, you're going to see probably a boost in a lot of your Chinese stocks. Like I've owned NEO for a while. Um, and uh, and I think NEO is going to get a boost when China finally comes to a census. Next week, you've got a lot of companies reporting their earnings. I believe Starbucks and, and Uber and a couple other companies. Uh, and then also you've got um, the Fed report coming out next week. And then what else do you have going on next week? I was trying to remember. There's one more thing. Uh, oh, oh, uh, the jobs report. The jobs report. The April jobs report. That will tell us how strong the economy actually is. So keep an eye out for these numbers. The biggest factor next week, in my view, is going to be what comes out of the mouth of Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed. Powell's words can move mountains right now, and I'm really curious to hear what he's going to say. So uh, so that's my two cents. That's what's going on economically. Uh, going back to the whole student loan issue, I just tell you guys the honest God truth. I don't understand how on God's green earth Biden is going to forgive more than $10,000 in student loan debt. And if he does, what he'll probably do is make it so specific that it will be hard to take advantage of it. Like, I think he's forgiven some debt for people with permanent disabilities. I think he forgave some debt for people that um, that went to shady universities, you know, those uh, private, those for-profit colleges, like stuff like that. So I think that what they're going to do is they're going to do forgiveness again, but it's going to have some sort of catch or caveat, or they're going to make it, they're going to do like those refunds. You ever, anybody ever do those, um, what do they call it? Uh, 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 not, uh, not, not buybacks. Um, uh, where you get the you get the money back, you know, you buy it for a certain price, and then they tell you like buy it for fifty dollars and we'll, rebates, rebates. Anybody ever hate those damn stupid ass rebates where you would buy something, they're like buy it for forty dollars and we'll send you twenty dollars back. And rebates suck. Well, why do they suck? Well, because if you tried to get the actual money, they made it, they deliberately made it a complete pain in the ass to get the money back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you can't, like you try to pull, they're like, pull the sticker off and you try to pull the sticker off and the sticker doesn't come off the, off the damn box. So the sticker's all torn up into pieces and shit. So you're mad about that. And then you mail it in. It takes them six months to, to send it back. Like, so eventually what happened? You, I don't know about y'all, but I stopped caring about rebates. I literally was like, either give me my discount. Now, if, if you tell me you're going to give me a $30 rebate, just take $10 off now 
and we'll call it even. I really don't want to do your rebate game because I know what game you're playing. So I think they're going to play a similar game. I think they're going to make it so difficult to get your student loans forgiven that 95% of y'all ain't going to get nothing forgiven at all. And uh, and the one thing I can say, though, is web, no matter where you are with student loans, don't give up on yourself. You know, if you want, you got to go do things like buy a house at some point or get some, you know, try to get into real estate or whatever. Like, like, like go talk to the realtor. Just talk to them. Just, you know, don't be ashamed. Like, don't be scared. You know, don't be like those people who are so sick that they're scared to go to the doctor because they're embarrassed to tell the doctor they they haven't been taking care of themselves. The doctor ain't going to judge you. He just don't want you to die. So, so if you're financially sick, like your credit report is garbage and you've been making some tough or bad economic decisions then think of it like the Catholic church. My wife is Catholic and she jokes that like the Catholic church, you can just kind of go in and say three Hail Marys and start over with a clean slate. Think of it the same way. Just go in and, and, and as, as your, as one of your financial fathers, I, for, I, I give blessings and forgiveness to everybody in this room. I forgive you for any mistakes you've made in the past. I forgive you. If you've got a raggedy credit score, I forgive you. If you didn't finish school, I forgive you. If your student loans are out of whack, I forgive you. If you've made bad choices, all I want you to do is take those baby steps to try to make things better. So like you go talk to a realtor and you say, look, my credit score is 500. I ain't got no money. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know how to buy a house. I never own anything. What do I need to do? Well, then let them tell you what you need to do. They they, they want to grow you into a good customer, right? So begin that process because that's one of the most critical moves you can make when it comes to becoming a wealth builder. I want you to build wealth. You have to do it. OK, so uh, so anyway, that's my two cents on the issue. I'm going to stop talking. I hope this conversation was helpful to you. Uh, and I, I, I wish you all the very, very best with your investments. I'll chime back in a little bit later uh, this week. Just to give you an update. I am in Georgia right now for the I am a man march. King Randall built a school for boys. That is awesome. Everybody needs to look it up. Go to IamAManMarch.org, and that's where he has the information. Rizzo Islam's here to support him. 19 Keys is here. I look forward to meeting him. A lot of other great people. And also in Detroit, they're hosting the One Africa Unity Summit. I'm going to that, too. I'm going to fly out to Detroit on Sunday. Um, my wife is speaking there, but also the, the massive OGs. Dr. Leonard Jeffries is going to be there. Professor James Small is going to be there. Shahrazad Ali is going to be there. All our heroes are going to be there representing economics and Africa, representing black wealth and in its fullest in terms of helping us understand we are the originators of all of this. We are the ones who built it all for everybody else to copy. Modern economic systems, which is actually referred, which is actually referenced in the excellent film Hoppy by Taki Grant. The film Hoppy documents the fact that most modern economic systems started with you, the original man, the original woman. That's what the One Africa Unity Summit's all about. It's about the economics. It's about Africa. It's about building empires. So if you're an empire builder, feel free to go take a look at what they got going on. I put a link to their passes on boycewalkins.com. Just go to boycewalkins.com, click on events. You can see the stuff from Detroit. They have a virtual pass and they have a physical pass, whichever one you want to do. They have the link to the I Am A Man marches there. Also, the event on May 15th with Alicia and I in Chicago, the link is there as well. So all that stuff is there. Feel free to go take a look. Boycewalkins.com. That's my website. Just click on events. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I love you. And I hope you make a trillion dollars. And I'll chime back in again real soon. Take care now. Peace. 